I am a co-author in the new anthology, Women with Unshakable Faith. If you desire to have your name listed in my book as a sponsor, well then come on and reserve your spot to be reminded to get your book starting February 17th through the 19th. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to I Am Shatoria, the rest of season four. I'm your host, Shatoria C, and we are kicking February off right. We are walking in faith and we're doing the whole thing. You know how we do. Welcome to our regular listeners and viewers, and welcome to our people who listen to us for the first time. Welcome, welcome. You're now family. Hey, we're kicking February off right with us leaping out in faith and doing things a lot bigger and a lot different. So I want you to prepare yourself for what you guys are about to see here. And, you know, sit back and chill and watch, all right? You know, this is a place where we kick back, we have a good time, and we speak about a whole lot. And, hey, shed a couple of tears, too. All right? So sit back, relax, and I want you guys to enjoy the show, all right? Welcome. Come on in. I am Shatoria Podcast, Season 4. What's going on, guys? Welcome to today's show. And you know I love great conversations. So I'm really excited today because I have somebody that ain't never been a person. But, you know, that's what Leap of Faith does. Um, and so social media is a huge platform. And I love it because it allows you to see people, see people who they are, even though some people say people are fake. But it's all good. I like supporting people who are doing things. And so today, I'm proud to have a fellow author, but a fellow vet. Um, join us all the way from California. So I want you guys to introduce, I won't hold his brunch against him. You know, he's Navy. It's all good. But I, I want to, um, you guys to, uh, give a round of applause. You guys know how we do for Joe McClain. If I said that right. Oh, did, did I just, okay. Wait, cause people be saying it wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Navy vet guys. And like I said, he's out there in California and he's an author. So, um, I'm gonna jump right into this little question right here because you have a book and okay. that's big because your your book talk about some real stuff that um a lot of people, especially in military, is just not ready for, especially military leaders. So tell us a little bit about this book. So um my book, which is my 11th book, uh Mentally oh. Discharged, um, Uprock Publications, ran by me and my business partner Kawan Mayo. Um, I decided to my 20 year mark release um, all the struggles that I went through in the military, because, you know, just going back and thinking about like when I first came in, um, things I went through early in my career, those really were mental health struggles. But, you know, being raised a certain way, you know, you're taught to tough it out. Mental health wasn't it was a huge stigma back then where. Yeah. People didn't believe in it. It was just, hey, you going through something, just get through it. You'll be fine. So just getting older, getting wiser, I decided to write about a lot of the stuff I've been through, i.e., you know, my heart attack when I was on deployment, heart surgeries, um, attempted suicide, the suicide of a good friend, 
of mine. Uh, my first initial reaction when I went to boot camp, uh, first duty station, flying out to the Persian Gulf. I wrote and touched on a lot of it. Also, uh, I touched on a lot outside the military because what a lot of people forget is that we're humans too. So mm -hmm. once we take the uniform off, we go home to our wives, our kids, the families, you know, and even just if we're by ourselves, you know, it's just getting out of that military realm. So I just touched on all of it and hoping that it relates. Uh, a lot of people can relate to it and that it helps people. I love how um messed me up there. Okay, I'm in my emotions. So I love how you talked about the complexity of mental illness and everything like that and how we raise, because even I wrote that in my book. And a lot of people's like, ooh, why'd you write that? Because mm -hmm. it's something that is not talked about. And unfortunately, it's not talked about in our community. Therapy is not talked about. Yeah. Um, I have a friend, she's about to broadcast a shirt that says therapy is not just for white people. And it's a true mm -hmm. statement. And I love yep. everything about that because, you know, like you said, I I came in almost 21 years ago and you didn't go to behavior health. That's just not what you did. You yeah. just didn't go there. And now I'm glad to see that a lot of people is utilizing it. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad to see a lot of people are touching it. And I'm glad to see a black man writing it. I mm -hmm. think that speaks volumes of beyond words because you know, you have a young, a, a lot of young black men coming in the military now and they got this stigma of what the military is, you know, fast cars, women and everything else. And one thing as a leader I've come to terms with is a lot of these kids, including us, we come in with baggage that yep. is not dealt with from jump. So when we see these bad airmen, quote unquote, they're not really bad, they're struggling. And Honestly, I see a lot of me when I see a lot of airmen. I see me when I first came in. I'm like, Shoo. I did that. Um, exactly. So I, I appreciate that, that candid um, notion because these are things that are not talked about. Um, so I really appreciate the, the the openness of that book. And I definitely want to make sure that book gets out there, get, you know, get broadcast in every way. Um, I think that some type of that book needs to be among reading groups and everything, um, men stuff. So I, I, I really, I'm feeling that now with your writings, how does that, cause you know, first of all, let's time on, let me roll back. Cause I heard mm -hmm. work 11 books. Yeah. So this is your 11. So tell me about the other 10 because I'm tracking one, but first of all, good. <laughs> who I'm trying to be like you when I grow up. So <laughs> what, um, what other books have you written and what they've been about? So um, I, this is my second self-help book. Um, I have nine full-blown novels. I wrote my first one. I was stationed in Guam, which is a small island in Southeast Asia. And really, it was April 2013. I was sitting in the office. I was bored. And I seen a contest online say, you can write 30 poems in 30 days or write 1,600 words a day. So that's what I did. Um, it ended up being the writer's block. I had no intentions of publishing it. I sent it to one of my friends in San Diego who's a DJ. And he was like, yo, I got this independent publisher homeboy. I think you need to publish this. So me and Kawan met up. He liked the story. Um, we agreed on some contract stuff. And there it was with the writer's block. And I sold 33 copies. I was happy because to me, I said, okay, I wrote this one book. I can say I wrote a book and I'm done. And then... One day I just said, well, let me try it again. And then I wrote bandages and 
it ended up going number one on Amazon. And then that's when I said, you know what, I might have something here. And so from there, um, we did eight more books until we got to this one, number 11. So that's basically I mean, you out here. You, you out here writing about leadership. You out here writing mm -hmm. about like real stuff that honestly, you know how you see those leaders say, what's a book a leader should read in the military? Like hands down, this is it. This is real mm -hmm. talk. I got some places I need to your book to go. So just, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's real because I'm tell you now, I've, your book is needed um, as, you know, we are transitioning in the type of military that we're transitioning to. And then honestly, if you see the suicide rate is getting to be ridiculous at this point in the military um, to where people need to know that we, there are transparent leaders. It's okay mm -hmm. to be transparent. It's okay to be absolutely honest. It's okay to just say, Hey, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. And all it's okay without feeling the pressure of no, it's not okay. Um, so I, I really, yeah, that, that, okay. So, so with that, I, I can tell now what inspired you, but what kept inspiring you and energizing you to keep writing books about being a leader, being vulnerable, being transparent? What, what made you say, you know what, let me get this out. Because growing up, uh, God rest his soul, my dad, he was a great dad, but, you know, he was pretty much emotionless, you know, so I really didn't, he, I got told I love you three times in 33 years while he was here on this earth. You know, I remember when I broke my wrist in the fifth grade, you know, he came to school, was like, let's go. It wasn't, no, you all right? Or, you know, how you feeling? It was just, hey, we going to the doctor, basically tough it out without telling me to tough it out. So I decided... I was the opposite person. I love poetry. I love to write. So when I decided to write, I decided to put like all the things, all the stories that I wanted to tell into uh, fictional tales. So I can, that was my way of expressing it, my way of getting it out. And not only what I went through, but just what we was going through in the world. Like I have a book called A Black Man Has Nine Lives, which was basically a story about a black kid growing up in a white suburb. And he wasn't accepted by them. He wasn't accepted by black people. And then two years later, we had Colin Kaepernick, who ironically was adopted by white people, wasn't really accepted by black folks until he did what he did. You know, he really wasn't accepted by white people. So I just go off a lot of real life circumstances, whether it be my life or just on the outside life that everybody can see and affects us all. I, I like how, yeah, I can't I can't put in words how I'm over here like in a maze going out. Shoot, I, I need to read all 11 books. Like I need all 11 because I I because I, I feel like it's something that can be used in households and things of that nature. And I like how you hit on, you know, the family situation, because a lot of people. So as an author, uh, I am on my second book, but I have one book and it's called Authentic Transparency. And what we talk what we talk about in that is that I talk about me. It mm -hmm. is really about me. I'm very transparent. And one of the things that you mentioned is growing up. And so um, my my mom uh, like your dad, my mom was just mean. Like you, mm -hmm. you suck it up, Buttercup. You all right, you know? And yeah. you feel like I got feelings, and so I know me. I'm a very sensitive individual. So, um, my mom was just hardcore, and um, I'm considered an empath, so I feel everybody's emotions and everything else. It's a lot to take on, and so here and I love you. 
what? It's not a word. It's not what we do. And as my fact, my family as a whole still really doesn't do it. Yeah. Um. However, like you said, I decided to be different. I'm, I'm all about breaking generational curses. That's what I do. Um. And so like my daughter, my son, they hear all, mama loves you. Uh, my son is currently in the military. And I think, yeah, that book would be great too. Um. I have to remind him that I love him. You know what I'm saying? You know, he's that mm-hmm. tough dude. You know, he's like, mom, I'm cool, you know. But I call him my sunshine. And I'm like, you cool, me calling you sunshine? He's like, yo, no, you call me sunshine. <laughs> so, and I love that about him because he's he's vulnerable <laughs> enough for me to, to do that. But yeah. I also see the importance of doing it because I think that the issue that we run into is that people don't realize that the tiniest words you say makes a complete difference. And I love how you said, how you can remember, man, I heard about three times in 33 years and how you felt when he came and got you, um, you know, from a broken arm, because I'm being, you know, they had to hurt, you know? Um, With that though, with writing these books, because I won't lie for me, as writing this was a struggle for Mm -hmm. me. Um, cause you, you put your business out there, you know what I mean? Um, how did you feel and how did family take it? Most of my family took it as a shock. Really not so much my mom because my mom kind of always see me as that vulnerable child. As you know, um, I could, she was the one I could express my feelings to. So it really wasn't a shock for her. For a lot of my family members, it was like, whoa. Like, So when you say this, are you talking about this? And then my whole thing was, it's however you want to interpret it. You know, oh. that's, the, you know, because if that's how you feel what I'm talking about, then that's how you feel. So it was just, um, it wasn't anything hard. It's just a lot of questions that, like I told them, I just say, interpret how you want to. Moms really knew. Um, pops. He he kind of just brushed it off, laughed at everything, you know, because like I say, he wasn't emotional. It was just, hey, good job. And then he just kept it going. So yeah. With that, when you look at your dad, um, one of the things I um I, I talk about is so with my mom, my mom really wasn't in the picture and we just had a lot of things going on. But now as an adult, I realized what my mom, my mom had issues growing up mm-hmm. that trailed into her being a parent. Yeah. With your dad, did you see those things? Did you, as an adult now, do you like, okay, this is what he had going on? I didn't I didn't know any of that until um, after his funeral. So oh, wow. my dad passed in 2018, and I was talking with my uncle. He was like my saving grace because my dad's brother. He was my saving grace going up because when me and my dad butt heads, I could always go to his house, talk to him. And when my uncle said, you know, two boys, seven girls, whenever they got into it in the house, you know, my grandmother, God rest her soul, she just make them stare at each other or hug each other. It wasn't really no I love you. It was like, oh, y'all okay. would get tired of looking at each other until y'all get it. So for my uncle, who's also now deceased, he had two girls. His big thing was, I'm going to tell my kids I love them because mm-hmm. I didn't hear that growing up and I know what it can do. For my dad, he just, yo, this is how I grew up and this is how I was. So you know, I understood it more once he told me at the funeral. But okay. uh yeah, that's really the first time that uh something was broke down to me on why he was why he was. Did you struggle with having when you was writing, did you struggle at all 
Um, and if you did, what was the scale of it when you was writing this and putting this out here um, to the world for people to see as you, you know, you wrote? Was it was there any hardship doing it, you know, personally? No, nah, it wasn't because I've been doing poetry since 2002. So I've been used to getting on stages and exposing all of me. So once I got to the flow of what I was going to write, what I was going to write, then it was just, I would just be in the zone. And once those words get on the paper, that's just what it was. So um, it was never a struggle for me as far as um, releasing content, you know, about my sensitivities, my emotions. I was pretty good at handling that. I will say uh, I can't speak for everybody. I'm going to speak for me. As a woman to hear a man express his feelings and the such, I I give you a round of applause. I, I thank you for, for the vulnerability. And I pray that other people, men, young men, hear this, see this, and be like, okay, wait, let me, let me holler at him because I need to know how he's doing that because it is one of those fearful things of doing it because you like, oh, what they're going to say about me. So I definitely got to give you your flowers, you know, because I, well, I believe in doing that because life is short. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I believe in giving that. But now I will ask you this as a black man, being in the military, um, writing a book about vulnerability. How has that dealt? How have you dealt with that? Even in the military? How's that been? a? How's it been? Um, so mostly uh, when the transparency of the military, um, I expose a lot on my poetry side. I'll go back to February 2020. I was scheduled to be in Tulsa that weekend um, to open up for a play down there on the Greenwood Massacre that happened mm -hmm. in 1921. Black History Month, I did a piece at my command at the uh, urging of one of my uh, officers. And somebody recorded it and it ended up going viral. So I was always known as just like a voice who Look, if you need something said, go get McLean. I say it. I didn't care because this it was who I was. So, you know, um, dealing with that, it was just like, I'm going to be authentically me. And especially at that time, being 16, 17 years in, like I wasn't scared to be who I was. You know, when I first came in the military, you know, you don't know what to expect. You kind of try to hold back. But being experienced, being a leader at that point, I'm like, yo, I need to tell her how it is. I'm going to be who I am because somebody's looking at me and they're scared to come out of their shell and they see me out of my shell and it may make them more comfortable to be the person that they need to be. So I love every right. bit of that, man. And I will say I've been able to watch you on social media. You are vocal <laughs> and I love you. Yeah. Um, you're definitely vocal. You obviously love your family because I crack jokes when you talk about your nieces and your nephew. They give you a run for their money completely. Yeah. Like they got you. I'm just telling you that now. You yeah. lost. So like yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> especially the last one I just saw, you know, with the A's and B situation. I was like, eh. And she text she texts me right after that too. Like, yeah, that's that's Ariana. She's um she's going to Southern um okay. in the fall. She got in. Um that's my niece in Louisiana, my sister Shantae. Uh very smart, intelligent girl, you know. Turned 18 last November. Like I said, November, got into college. What? Huh? November what? November 29th. Okay, okay. She's still in the family. All right. That's yeah, November. yeah. She 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 one of the crazies. But uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um great child. I love connecting with my nieces. They really 
keep me on my toes. I love my nephews too, but, but those girls love to drain your brain and your wallet. So <laughs> there's just something about them. It's okay, you know, they 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 gonna they're gonna call it Uncle Joe. Hey, Uncle Joe, look here. I need some coins. Come uh -huh. very clear about her attentions and what she was, you know. So so with that though, um, what is the future plans for you? I mean, one, you <laughs> you're retired. Um, but what mm -hmm. is what is your future plan? I'm going all in with my speaking career, um, motivational uh, mental health awareness, um, just giving inspiration. Uh, also, in my performance poetry, I just finished a show this past Sunday in Phoenix, Arizona, home-based poetry. Um, a lot of national poets there. We had a good time. Uh, dope crowd showed out. So I'm just going all in with it. And uh, I'm going to be starting school here in April. Okay. And I just want to I just want to use my gift to make money and make a living, you know. What is um what are you going to school for? Uh communications. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I, I see you. And I one thing I would say I, I love the faith that you're stepping out on with doing the public speaking um and doing that, you know, networking. So uh I definitely wish you definitely the success with that. Um, and I'm definitely going to be keep watching and, you know, I know this is not the last time we really going to have conversation because yeah. I can, I, I see where you're going and I'm definitely, um, want to support in every avenue that I can get with that. What is some things on, on another note? What are some things people who are listening and watching can know about Joe? Uh, know about Joe. I know am about a, Joe. I'm a tattoo connoisseur. I am pretty much. Covered my whole upper torso. Um, I think I got some spot on my left rib left. Um, <laughs> my whole back, my whole back is a piece dedicated to Black Wall Street. It took 30 wow. hours in four different sessions. So that's my favorite piece. Um, nothing about Joe. I love burritos. I love Mexican food. I am a Mexican food connoisseur. But you and Cali, um, though. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's how I just fell in love with it when I got out here. So. Okay. Um, what a uh, craziest thing about Joe. I love Hallmark films. I watch the new Hallmark film every Saturday night Um, during the countdown to Christmas. I literally will sit in this house and I will watch them all day. I'm a Hallmark dude with tattoos. I know it's the weirdest thing ever, but those are just some things about Joe. And I love nature. I love outdoors. I was at the museums before I came home to get on an interview with you. I'm going to ask you a question because I have viewers so they can know yeah joe single so because I, I know questions are gonna come in <laughs> you said it's joe single joe single joe right now is in the midst of uh talking and engaging with a young lady we were okay. actually we were actually together in phoenix um for my show so is anything so, an official title yet no but just put it like this somebody put that Give them a minute, yeah. ladies. Give them a second. We'll see. You know, somebody put their application in. So, you know, right now I'm reviewing the application. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, tell people how they can actually contact you. Um, they can contact me through my website, www.jomacspeaks.com, Instagram at artist Joe Mac, um, Facebook at my government name, Joe McLean Jr. Uh, that's pretty much the easiest way to get in contact with me. Go through the website. And um, I hit you back, not even within a day, probably within a few hours. Well, I definitely so, so, so appreciate uh, you coming on and hanging out with me for a little bit. You know, being out here busy. Yeah. Like you said, I saw you online. You was all, you traveling. You hitting these streets. So 
trying to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> uh, but with that, I definitely want to thank you for your time and your patience and everything else. And to all my listeners and our viewers, thank you again for hitting us up for another moment with I am Shatoria. You guys know how to contact me, I am Shatoria.com. And also, you guys are tracking, we got so many events, so many things going on this year to where it is crazy. March um will be our first workshop where we're talking about faith. So we got four workshops this year. So definitely get your seats as we go on with my special, special guest, Candace Woods from my hometown, Greensboro, Georgia. She's bringing it in. Um, and also prepare yourselves for I am uh, I am forgiveness to freedom. Retreat is coming back. So it will be in Oklahoma City this time. We're looking for our vendors. And I am super, super excited what 2023 is holding. So again, this not be the last time you see Mr. Joe. Promise you, you're going to see him some other places. I, I promise you that. Um, but in the meantime, go check out his website, get his book, check my handle. You will see all his information there. And again, you already know I'm giving out all my wonderful information. So I am Shatoria.com. You guys know we, we live fearlessly and we walk with a whole lot of faith. Thank you guys for joining and you guys have a blessed night.